Welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. I'm Dennis Weens, your host with Sat7 USA. Each week, I invite a guest to the podcast for a conversation about their fresh ministry idea and their innovative approach. As you listen, let us know how it helps you. Give us a like and be sure to share it with your friends. Again, if you've heard of a fresh idea in ministry, let me know. I'd like to welcome them onto the podcast to explain. My guest is Jimmy Bratcher, a pastor, a gifted person in music and playing the blues and modeling ministry in non-church venues. So, Jimmy, welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thank you, Dennis, for having me. It's great to have you, and uh, thanks for reaching out. You know, your ministry, as I've learned more about you, is uh, very unconventional, and I'm sure our podcast uh, listeners are going to enjoy learning something new. In 2000, you and Sherry, your wife, have been showing up and sharing your unique style of ministry in ways that that are not common for typical ministers. I think we need to explain non-typical ways, uh, some of the things that, some of the ways that you do ministry. Um, you know, I have a conventional ministry background in that uh, Sherry and I were associate pastors in a large church in Northwest Missouri uh, that was in through the 90s, was in the top 20 fastest growing churches in America in a community not connected to a metropolitan area of about 100,000 people, which is a pretty substantial statement at that point. But we uh, desired to do something different, felt like the Lord was leading us. We assumed that we would pastor a church. And uh, as we started down that journey, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, it's like the will of God is not knowledge. It can become knowledge, but at its essence, it's a discovery. And it happens moment by moment, breath by breath, right. uh, heartbeat by heartbeat. And so as we started down that path, we realized that those doors weren't open for us. So we had to consider uh, what that looked like. So we just started accepting opportunities. And I tell people that you know, the best way to describe it is that if you've seen that picture called footprints where there's two sets of footprints and then there's one and the guy says, why was there only one? And the Lord says, well, that's when I was carrying you. It's, I tell my, my, uh, my picture of footprints doesn't look like that. In my picture of footprints is one set of footprints and two ruts where the Lord is dragging me into his will. And, uh, and so as we went down that journey, we discovered that, um, there was another whole Basque um, opportunity to do ministry outside of churches. So we right. we initially started doing um, really anything that we could, small groups, uh, home groups, Bible studies, churches. And I, at that time, I had didn't have my music was not part of the picture. It was just my speaking. And then as my music started to come back, we realized that we could not only use what we have what we have in churches but also as well as outside of churches in non-church venues you grew up in uh, Kansas City area and you didn't grow up as a Christian you had kind of a rough uh, start uh, through high school and uh, what was it that was a turning point that brought you to Christ well sherry and I had met and married and had our first son Jason and it was a horrible uh, experience and it was bad enough that uh one night I we got in a fight that I lost a physical fight that I lost and uh 
my grandmother at that time agreed to pay for our divorce. In fact, we wrote a book called Granny Paid for Our Divorce, and we got a divorce. And, and it's really very simple. Sherry was in, in a store, in a grocery store, and a housewife was in there that recognized her and simply invited her to come to church. And uh, she accepted that invitation. And that that particular process is the most, more people come to Jesus that way in America than any other way. A simple invitation to a meeting where the gospel is presented. And because of that simple invitation, that led Sherry to a church in Northwest Missouri in a rural community. And uh, after we had completely went through the legal part of the divorce, about a year later, we decided to start seeing each other again. Of course, we couldn't tell my grandmother because she would want her money back. Right. Um, so we uh, we decided to get married again. And we got a marriage license and showed up at this little country church on a Sunday night unannounced um, and just went up to the pastor and said, hey, I got this marriage license. Uh, we want to get married tonight. And he initially said no. Uh, he actually said, uh, you know, she's trying to serve the Lord. You're an alcoholic drug addict, and I won't join that mess together. That's a quote. But he he came back and he said, OK, I'll tell you what, I'll do it. But tonight you're going to you're going to believe on Jesus. And he didn't uh, he didn't explain what that meant. Uh, he was bigger than I was and I was afraid of him. And I said, yes. And so that that night, that's what happened. Uh, we had a little makeshift wedding after church, and uh, Jesus invaded our hearts and transformed us, and we got up from there completely different people. And uh, so that started, it'll be 46 years ago on December 19th. That was your start of your faith journey. And I know you've been in music. Uh, you play a lot of music and the blues. Where did that gift of music first uh, show up in your life? Well, my dad played, um, you know, through his family. He was one of 11 siblings, and they all had, you know, music. And so that was always a part of my world. But uh, as I was a teenager, he borrowed a guitar and amplifier from a guy at work and brought it home one summer weekend. And I didn't leave the house. Um and so he traded a car for my first guitar. And uh, I still have the guitar. I still use the guitar, as a matter of fact. And that was the beginning of that. But that led me to a life of uh, substance abuse. And, uh, and so, you know, it was part of the, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll culture of the 70s that I was involved in. And then in 76, when I came to Jesus, that all changed. Of course, one of the first things that my pastor told me was, uh, son, you got to quit playing that devil music. Right. And at that point, I mean, he, you know, first of all, there's only two types of music. Uh, and those are not Christian and secular. They're good and bad. And uh, and so I felt like at that point in my life, it was more important that I learn how to follow Jesus, how to raise my family and be a husband than it was for me to um, to play music. So I stopped. I didn't stop completely, but I stopped doing what I do, which is play the blues. And um, so I stopped for about 20 years. And then after we left the staff at the church that I mentioned earlier, 
uh, my music started to come back. And then through a series of events, we discovered that that was something that we could do both in church and outside of church. So I know you, on Sunday morning, you can be found in a church preaching, providing the sermon, but Saturday nights— you can be in a club playing playing the blues, and oh, you've gone to the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, the biggest one in the world, and played there. You played on world-class music venues, festival stages, uh, as well as churches around the world. And you reached out to me because uh, this really fit the Unconventional Ministry podcast, which is fresh ideas and innovative approaches. And your innovative approaches is to do ministry where normal ministry doesn't take place. And so I, I explained that a little bit. I know one of the places you play is the the worship wagon under the bridge here in Kansas City, where you do worship for the homeless in the urban core down there by the river. So very unusual places where you take worship and your ministry. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call it worship. We... um you know, I go back to Matthew chapter or to Mark chapter four, which is the parable of the sower. And that dude was like the worst farmer ever because he's throwing seeds everywhere. He's throwing them on the rocks and the bushes on the road. He's throwing the stuff everywhere. And we always look at the result. So we look at the 30, 60, 100 fold return. But when you look closer at that parable, what you'll find is that every seed, no matter where it landed, something happened. And so when we go into these non-church venues, we're, th we're sowing seed and we're scattering it. We're throwing it out there. It's landing in people's hearts. And so, you know, Jesus, he wasn't, I mean, he did quote verse and chapter uh, chapter and verse, but he was also using teaching concepts. He was teaching conceptually. So he's saying, look at those birds. Let me tell you about those birds. You know, God cares for you as much as he cares for them. and He provides for them. And so when we go into those environments, I'm teaching in a way that is um, that people can receive that don't necessarily believe. And so I teach on on concepts of marriage. For instance, I wrote a, a song for my wife. Uh, called it just feels right. It's just about, you know, a couple, they get together, it feels right. I'm teaching the concept of marriage in that environment mm -hmm. and success in marriage. And, uh, and you know, it's just really easy. We've, we so many times want to move from really the basis of the gospel, which is a relationship into a program or a formula. And whenever we do that, it gets stale and it's, people don't connect to it. So we're there building relationships with people. And it's in its smallest, most minute form because it takes a while for people to get to a place where they can trust you. And once they do, then they'll, they'll open up their hearts and they'll receive more that you have. But we have found that people are people everywhere, just as Jesus demonstrated you know, he had a custom. He was in the synagogue uh, reading, which the Bible says was his custom. So we know he did that over and over again. But he was also on the street, you know, everywhere he went, tax collectors, notorious sinners, the Bible says. He was the same. And so that's been our goal. We pattern our ministry after a, a little 
commentary in Mark 12, 37. Just, there's just a sentence commentary on Jesus' ministry, and it says this, and the common people heard him gladly. So right. that's been a, that's been a target for us. How do we communicate in a way that just common people can connect to in everyday life settings, and we can sow a seed into their heart? Amen. Where can people find more information or listen to some samples of your blues music? Well, um, any of the streaming platforms have all of my music. If you go to Spotify, there's a, a playlist there called the Complete Playlist of my of Jimmy Bratcher's music. And it has there's eight hours of music there of stuff that I've written. Uh, you can go to jimmybratcher.com to uh, for all the other stuff. Of course, all the social media sites are all there. So Jimmy is J-I-M-M-I-E, Bratcher is B-R-A-T-C-H-E-R. So I encourage you to go to that uh, that site. There's a lot of uh, music there, uh, some great uh, blues music and uh, even a Christmas album. Uh, I was playing for my wife last night because she loves Christmas uh, music. Right. So, so we enjoyed some of your Christmas music in August. So uh, very good. And I noticed on your website uh, you have Connect Partners. Right. And this is this is really amazing because you're taking this music and your witness into jails across America, and you do a couple tours a year. Uh, talk to us a little bit about these uh, Connect Partners, and how can our podcast listeners be a part of that? Yeah, uh, we call them connectors. I mean, you can go to the website. There's uh, there's information there. There's a donate link there if you'd like. But we uh, we started doing prison ministry back in the 1980s, and uh, and we have had that just, you know, that's a commandment that Jesus said, hey, go, you know, go visit these people, and when you do, you visit me. And so... And we want to always be involved, engaged in something that nobody can buy anything from us. They're not giving us an offering or an honorarium. We're doing this because they're valuable to God and we want to impart to it. So we do these events called the Transformation Tour. And so we'll take the whole crew, band crew, uh, you know, set up sound, do the whole thing, go to a prison, set up on the yard. And then we'll do presentations to these guys and share the gospel, ask them to respond. And uh, and it's been amazing. We do that. Our primary target has been the prisons in Kansas. And right now, uh, there's a problem with us being able to get into those prisons because they don't have enough guards and they can't hire enough guards because, uh, you know, a lot of the rural counties, one of the prisons we go into, the unemployment rate in that county is less than 2%. So there's nobody to hire, but we've been sending out resources. We've sent out uh, books um, to over 100 prisons throughout the United States. We just recently, this last Christmas at El Dorado, Kansas, we sent a copy of Granny Paid for Our Divorce to all 1,350 inmates in that prison, uh, including a few serial killers that are in there. All of them got a copy of the book, and I Recently was at a prison out in Kansas and one of the inmates came up that was transferred from that prison, had a copy of the book. And he said, you know, I read this and he said, I, I, I read about how messed up you were and thought, if that guy can make it through, surely God can help me. And so we uh, we just are right now using our resources to be able to uh, send those out to prisons free of charge so that these men and women can connect and uh, 
and have an impact in their life. So you're sowing seeds of the gospel in venues that are not open to ministries. Right. And so it's it's amazing. How big is how big is your band that you take into a prison to set up? That will depend on the budget. So sometimes okay. I go by myself. Sometimes we're a trio. Sometimes there's five or six of us. So we're gearing up for next year to make that much larger. So we're going to be uh, starting to raise a budget after the first of the year to do our summer events. We'll probably have about 10 of those. And uh, we'll have a, a bigger crew because we're, we're gearing up for that. So we'll be taking some athletes, uh, some ex-offenders, as well as us with music and ministry. So if somebody wants to come alongside you, either to help you financially or maybe open open the doors of the prison, as it were, to you doing ministry there, they should reach out through your website and yeah. uh, connect with you. Yep. And There's a you, you and your wife, I know you do ministry together. Talk a little bit about Sherry's ministry. Well, Sherry uh, has a blog on her website called God is So For You, It's Ridiculous. And uh, she is a... She's one of these people that, uh, and it's it's hilarious. After a while, at first it was annoying, and now it's hilarious. But she could be at a, in a store someplace, and somebody you know somebody will walk up to her and go, "Oh, you look familiar. Do I know you? Here's my life story," blah, and just dump it out right there on the spot. And that's that's the way she rolls. She's got that thing on her that just people are attracted to. But and she could talk yeah. to anyone probably. She yeah. And people will just out of the blue, just, you know, come running up to her and just, here's my life story. Help me, you know, kind of thing. And I don't have that, but she does. And uh, she also, um, if you follow her on social media, she, she, we have a deck out back of our house. That's her, that's her spot. And Mm -hmm. she's created a, this is a, just, you know, an unconventional ministry right here. Uh, She has a fire pit and a swing. And she'll put her feet up on the fire pit and take a picture of her feet, her shoes, you know, because she's got a, a sizable shoe collection and post those on social media. And she gets 10 times the amount of traffic from that as I do anything that I do. And uh, so she has people all the time going, I just want to come sit on your deck and talk. And so, you know, it's just one of those ways. It's like, it's, you know, what you started with, we call it the ministry of showing up. And the equation is Christ's in us, where we go, he goes, and where he goes, stuff happens. Amen. And I encourage our podcast listeners to get on your website, uh, listen to that music, invite Jimmy and Sherry to come to your church or come to your group and uh, provide some music and some testimony. It'd be a great opportunity. Uh, give everybody your website again, so we can make sure to have them get on there and learn a, more about uh, showing up and doing ministry. Okay. It's uh, jimmybratcher.com. Jimmy is J-I-M-M-I-E. Bratcher is B-R-A-T-C-H-E-R. So again, thank you for joining me on this Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thank you, Dennis. In our changing world, there are more ways than ever to do ministry. SAT7 as a broadcast media ministry is changing how ministry is done. Through innovative approaches, collaborative efforts, broadcast satellite television, web streaming, and social media, SAT7 is making a difference. Visit SAT7 online today at sat7usa.org to learn ways you can be a part of this kingdom work. 
If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. If you know of an unconventional ministry approach, please introduce us. We'd like to have them on as guests. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thank you.